This is a 980 CKNW podcast. We have talked a lot about housing on this program, uh, affordable housing. But last weekend, uh, we chatted with Kathy Tomlinson at the Globe and Mail about her latest piece. And it had to do with money laundering. And she was only able, really, to scratch the surface. Her story focusing on cases which had ended up in the courts. And she was looking at private lenders and how private lenders were being involved, getting involved in loaning money to homeowners. And in many cases, homeowners that were heavily into gambling, heavily into uh, things that they needed, these large amounts of cash, and how how that all uh, turned into uh, an operation that involved a lot of money laundering. It has led to a lot of calls or a lot of questions, perhaps, about how we can stop this practice and how government maybe or law enforcement could crack down on this. Well, my next guest is very interested in tackling money laundering, particularly when it comes to real estate. Sasha Caldera is a manager of the Beneficial Ownership Program with Canadians for Tax Fairness and joins us on the line now. Sasha, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. Uh, Talk talk a little bit about your background uh, growing up in Richmond and what led you to taking this on or becoming involved in this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, so I was I was born and raised in uh, Richmond, BC, and um, you know I I also attended university locally. I um, did my undergrad at Simon Fraser University and uh, did my master's subsequently at Royal Roads, and I was very interested uh, in international development. And um, I was uh, I you know I spent some time in Africa, and I worked with Engineers Without Borders Canada for a while, and um, I did advocacy work on um, Canada's foreign aid file to make our aid really effective. What what I did learn during my time, you know, studying and doing advocacy work, um, is that um, you know, developed countries we you know we spend um, you know we spend modest amounts on foreign aid, and you know we are we're working on investing in developing countries, but there's actually a large capital outflow, sometimes um, in the amounts of 10 times of uh, foreign aid disbursements coming from developing countries into developed countries. And this, this outflow, some of it is what are, what's called illicit, otherwise known as illicit financial flows or illegally obtained sources of money. And um, that really piqued my interest. And, um, I, uh, I recently uh, started this new position uh, trying to tackle the illicit flows of funds, um, particularly coming into Canada, and that's, that's what my new role at uh, Canadians for Tax Fairness does. And it's the idea, from what I understand too, it's the idea of transparency and trying to uh, make it more transparent where money is coming from? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so it's like, it's, you, know, it, you know, it's about casting light on the entire market, um, you know, in, in across all sectors, across all industries, um, and trying to root out uh, the the illegal or illicit flows uh, while keeping the while keeping the good the good flows. And when we're talking real estate, because there has been a lot of focus lately about money laundering and how money laundering and real estate, in some cases, are going hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, so this is, you know, this is a relatively new phenomenon, but it's also happening in other parts of the world. Um, so, you know, what we're seeing in Vancouver is also being seen in Toronto. Um, it's also being seen in London um, and in Sydney. Um, 
And uh, real estate is a is an ideal vehicle for money launderers because the property uh, appreciates in value. And uh, depending on what what sort of a money laundering regime or legal framework exists in particular jurisdictions, um, you know, one can simply hide money in real estate and then flip the property, um, and uh, and then you know quietly uh, you know move this money into the uh, banking system. Uh, so. Uh, you know, I, I mean, as, as you're aware, as many many Canadians are aware, this is this is certainly uh, this what this is a, a really big issue because uh, money laundering takes up um, you know available uh, uh, stocks and housing, and it makes it a lot harder for the everyday Canadian to be able to purchase a house or to rent because you you essentially have. Uh, vacant units or units occupied by nominees uh, with hidden owners, and uh, the property ends up being flipped after you know after a few years, uh, and then the money ends up you know going into uh, a, some bank account, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's a really like it's, it's a really really difficult difficult issue to deal with given the complexity of how the money travels from. Uh, one country, and uh, you know, and ends up in in let's say a condo in uh, Toronto or Vancouver. And talk a little bit about the idea of beneficial owners, because we have talked about that as well in the past, and how you think that plays a role in this. Yeah, so thanks, thanks for asking that question. So, the beneficial owner is what's known as the the true owner of uh, of a company or a property. And one of the uh, one of the recent uh, developments in the budget is to cast some light, or sorry, this past provincial budget is to cast some light on the on these hidden owners. Um, this is important because uh, typically uh, we don't know who the who the hidden owner is, um, and uh, when we when when it comes to these illicit flows of money, the hidden owner is the one who is actually benefiting from the from the, uh, from tax evasion, and uh, uh, with a beneficial ownership registry, once we cast light on all hidden owners of of companies and properties, it ends up serving serving as a deterrent for those who are seeking to launder money through real estate. And so that's the that's the idea which um, that's the idea behind uh, some of the policies that we saw in this provincial budget. Um, Canada actually is one of the only countries uh, amongst the G20 that doesn't have a piece of legislation uh, that requires disclosure of, uh, of secret owners or hidden owners, otherwise known as beneficial owners of uh, properties. Uh, and uh, there's no, and there's also no register. Um, so right now, like we're we're quite behind as a as a country. And um, what what I was quite happy to see in this last provincial budget is that there's um, that there is, uh, you know, there is a policy measure for a um, a beneficial ownership registry for properties, which is which is great. And do we know why is it that Canada is one of the only countries that hasn't taken this step? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, so there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation as to why. Um, I think I think in many ways um, it might come down to Canada's. Canada's own perception of itself. Um, so, Canada, like you know, this might it's it was it's very surprising. Even when I speak with um, 
you know, when when I speak with finance departments and uh, politicians, they're actually quite surprised to know that uh, this that there is that the mag the magnitude of this problem is so large in Canada. And, you know, Canada is typically viewed as a very peaceful country. I mean, which it is, right? We have we have a strong democracy, strong rule of law. And so this never really became a priority. And I think it's something that was a medium priority and it grew and grew and grew. And it kind of grew without with maybe perhaps, you know, a few people uh, sending warning signals. And it kind of just went under the radar. Um, other countries, for instance, like when I was talking earlier about some of these cities that have implemented measures, they had enormous pressure from uh, outside investment. And I think with Canada, this phenomenon is quite new. Um, you know, again, like going back to sort of my experience with Vancouver and growing up in Richmond, B.C., um, you know, like the wave of immigration that we've seen was Quite it was a very recent phenomenon, and that probably occurred in the you know in the very very late 80s, early 90s, which followed with um, you know a, a rise in investment um, and in density. So it's it's something that I, I think, if anything, like our own perception of ourselves kept us from acknowledging this reality. And there was a very recent wave of of uh, of, of money uh, and. Um, and capital, particularly, uh, we also we also have to acknowledge the international landscape. Um, and when we look at illicit flows uh, globally, um, many developing countries um, are like in the late in the very early nineties have started rapidly globalizing, and as such, uh, that sort of accelerated the the pace of these outflows um, and finding its way into these these sort of urban pockets, which is you know, um, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal. Um, Yeah. And uh, just one more question. You mentioned, and this was touched on in the BC budget, uh, it seems like that's the first step. What do you think needs to be done next? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I think, um, so this is a great first step. Um, And the the other thing that I think would be an excellent complementary measure is to have a beneficial ownership registry for companies. Um, so right now, the BC government has uh, suggest, has uh, committed to um, having companies know who their beneficial ownership is and working with um, uh, tax authorities and law enforcement. Having a complementary uh, public registry of beneficial owners of companies will tackle uh, will cast some light and serve as a deterrent for those who want to launder money through shell companies. And so that would that would actually strengthen. Uh, beneficial ownership transparency in a more comprehensive sense. All right. We'll leave it there. But, Sasha, very interesting stuff. I'm sure we'll chat with you again. Thank you so much for your time this morning. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.